like me, are you starting to feel a little bit freaked out about the number of people you know, people with your work or in your kid's school or in your feeds who are sick? Hearing from co-workers and family members and neighbors about the many bugs they're catching. Is it COVID? Isn't it? Descriptions of awful symptoms. Today we wanted to check in with one of our favorite MDs who knows more than most about how these bugs work and how they affect entire populations. You know, viruses have, they have a season and respiratory viruses love the wintertime. This is Stateside. I'm April Baer. Dr. Preeti Milani is an infectious diseases physician at the University of Michigan. Dr. Milani, welcome back to Stateside. Thank you, April. Why is it everyone seems either sick or sick adjacent right now? I mean, I guess it's usually like this in December, but this year just feels worse. Yeah, this, this year is worse. And every winter we expect and we plan on seeing a rise in cases of flu and RSV. But that increase, it, it's usually a little bit later. Usually January, February tends to be the peak. And you know, this year we're talking about not just flu or not just RSV, but COVID as well. So this idea of this triple-demic. And unfortunately, it is happening. What kind of mix are you seeing at Michigan Medicine in terms of people who actually need hospital care? Is it is it more of one or the other right now? Well, fortunately hospitalizations have, have so far been, been okay at Michigan Medicine. With COVID, it's been a steady trickle, and that number has increased a little bit uh, post-Thanksgiving. And the flu hospitalizations seem to be starting, and we're sort of, I have to say, as an infectious disease specialist, we're not necessarily involved in, in all the routine cases, but we're starting to, to get consulted more on, on flu cases and so much of it is in other parts of the health system, not just hospitalizations. But when you look around the country, places are getting hit very hard. And a few weeks ago, it was the Southeast, right now, California. And there is an expectation that even if it's okay right now, it's going to increase. And as you know, Michigan medicine is always at capacity. So even a few extra patients, much less a lot of extra patients, can really put a lot of strain on the system. Sure. Um, where are we in terms of, I guess, the, the viral season or the infectious disease season? Um, is Historically, is there is there any kind of peak that comes after the holidays? Yeah. No, historically, usually you would see the peak after the holidays. What I would say this year is that the, the flu cases, and in particular hospitalizations for flu around the country, are the highest that have ever been seen at this time in year and uh, really the highest that have been seen since you have to go back to like the H1N1 uh, pandemic, so more than a decade. But oh, wow. November hospitalizations are really the highest that anyone can remember. And that's concerning. So it's not just that we're testing more because we've gotten used to testing for COVID the last few years and flu testing has also increased during that time. And you know, there's, there's important reasons for that. If, if people get tested early, they may be eligible for antivirals. But we are, what we are seeing is, is, is definitely early, and it's definitely a lot of cases. So I would say there's a couple scenarios that may happen. Um, we don't know if we're like going to hit the peak early and it's going to come back down. 
you know, is this just an early season or is this the beginning of a massive wave? And, you know, as you know, we didn't see flu the last two years. You know, right. I didn't see any two years ago and saw very little last year. Is it still worth trying to get a flu shot if one has not done so already? Yeah, absolutely. It is not too late to get a flu shot. Get a flu shot. And while you're at it, get your bivalent COVID booster if you haven't done that. This year's flu shot, we understand, is uh, reportedly about 50% effective at preventing major illness from flu. I know that that 50% may not sound great in terms of numbers, but that's actually pretty good for a flu vaccine, isn't it? That is awesome for a flu vaccine. That is, a, that is like a, a huge win for flu vaccine. And, and I hope people understand that. That doesn't mean don't bother to get it. Um, you know, flu vaccines are not like a measles vaccine, for example, where you prevent all illness. But year after year, it is shown, and it, it, this is absolutely the, the case, is that you prevent severe illness. So much like COVID vaccines, you're not preventing everything. But you're preventing severe illness, preventing hospitalization. Um, and I would say for people who are not necessarily at high risk for hospitalization and death from, from blue, this is no fun to have. So anything you can do to decrease that risk, uh, I think about disruption in my life, um, how awful it is to feel sick, especially during the holidays when you're trying to get together with friends and family. It is not too late to get a flu shot. So, and and they're they're available widely. It's pretty easy to get one. We need to take a break. Back in just a minute. Support for the Stateside Podcast comes from Kalamazoo College, offering a personalized education that combines critical thinking, curiosity, and creativity. Committed to preparing students for meaningful careers that make a positive impact on the world. More at kzoo.edu. Support for Michigan Public's stateside podcast comes from Lake Trust Credit Union, working to empower financial well-being for Michigan consumers, businesses, and communities. Committed to financial solutions and advice to support people and families. More information at laketrust.org. What should be happening in congregate care settings uh, across Michigan right now, given the really uh, disturbing flu season we're having? So congregate care settings, so we're talking about nursing homes, other group settings, often with people who are vulnerable to uh, severe illness and, and hospitalization from respiratory viruses. And, and again, often people who, who need hands-on caregiving. So these are places where you really want to increase your mitigation. It means making sure whoever's coming through the door is being thoughtful about their own symptoms. Are they feeling ill? Making sure vaccination rates are as high as they can be. Uh, you know, testing people who have symptoms, treating people who who have illness. Uh, but this is, you know, this is going to be difficult. And and again, use of masks very very important in this setting, especially when. Uh, there's a lot of hands-on caregiving, and not just for uh, the individuals living in these settings, but the people working there. And we need to maintain our workforce. Uh, so preventing illness in everyone is important, along with hand washing and keeping surfaces clean and other other um, just good 
practices around hygiene. In our part of Michigan, uh, where you and I are, uh, I know, are both having this conversation, you do see a few people who are still wearing masks in in large social settings and places like big box stores, shopping malls, but a lot of people are not. Do you think, given what's happening with the flu, is that something that you wish more people would think about? You know, with, with masks, one thing we've learned during the pandemic is that they work extremely well at protecting you and protecting those around you. And what's happened is people have sort of figured out what kind of works for them and their families. And and there are a lot of people who are not wearing masks, not not just in stores and in um, you know, restaurants and, and social settings, but on airplanes and in subways. So uh, what I would say is as the numbers increase, um, the benefit of that mask also increases. Um, you know, wearing a mask uh, really protects those around you. My own sort of practice that I, that that I follow is when I'm in a crowded indoor space and I don't know who's around me, and uh, infection rates are are increasing, I tend to wear a mask. Um, I'm not always wearing a mask um, in social settings because that's it, it's just different. It depends on who's around me. Um, I'm thinking that. I want to make sure whoever's in my space, like, for example, getting together over the holidays, that we we have that mutual respect to say, you know what, I'm not feeling well, I'm not going to come. Uh, if our numbers continue to increase, especially around COVID, um, that mask can be much more beneficial. You know, one of the recommendations I have is that if you are traveling either by airplane or train or uh, any kind of public setting, that's a really good place to wear a mask. I think you don't know who's around you, and mask use is is pretty low. I think I'm one of the few people who wears a mask on the on the airplane, but I continue to do that because that is something easy to do that can protect me, not just against COVID, but against flu. Um, I am also reminding people to get their to get vaccinated if they haven't, and to really be mindful of their own symptoms and to to be careful about exposing anyone. I I know that there's a there's this fear of missing out and we, we all want to, you know, see our friends and family. But if you're not feeling well, to make sure that you uh, are mindful about that. I know that it's not universal by any stretch of the imagination. And some people still feel like they're just done with masks forever. But I do wonder, I mean, I think there is a bit more heightened understanding that during flu season, this might be a thing that you would do in social places or public places. Is that reflected in what you hear from patients? With masking, people have adopted something that works for them. And, you know, when I'm seeing them in, in the healthcare setting, they are wearing masks by and large because we do require that. Um, but if you go around in other places, you don't see a lot of masking. You see a little more in Ann Arbor, I'd say, than, than around uh, the rest of the state. Um, but I will say that, that masks absolutely uh, do prevent transmission. And if you look around the world, masking has been done for years. We we sort of learned about it during during uh, the COVID pandemic. Um, and you know, April, one of the things that I think masks also allow you to do, and this was especially the case last year, where we didn't really have a good roadmap of where we were going. By incorporating masks, you can actually have gatherings safely. Um, and I'm not saying like every gathering needs this, but Sometimes people are hesitant to see 
their loved ones because they're worried about transmission to the point where people are experiencing loneliness. And so I remind people that the mask gives you that extra tool. And if, if you have family members that are particularly vulnerable, um, don't not go see them. Uh, use the mask as a way to manage that risk. Dr. Milani, always a pleasure. Thank you for making a little time. Thanks, April, and happy holidays to you. And that's the Stateside Podcast for today. I'm April Baer. You can find full Stateside episodes at michiganradio.org. Today's podcast was produced by Rachel Ishikawa. Other producers on our show are Mike Blank, Ronia Cabansag, Mercedes Mejia, and April Van Buren. Our executive producer is Laura Weber Davis. Music from Blue Dot Sessions. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.